Good morning. Good evening. Wherever you are in the world today, I welcome you to the podcast. Wow, what a show. It's so good that you have come to join us. And I do hope that you will be indeed blessed by all that we are doing. This is, this is, (laughs) wow, what a show. And the Lord is, has been really good to us as we have read through the, um, the podcast, the book of Proverbs. Okay. I'm always doing something here that is not. I did what I did and it was not good. Anyway, here we are. This is, wow, what a show. And our series is Apples of Gold. We are reading through Proverbs. So glad that you've joined me. Light Touch, thank you so much. You're the only one in here. We're going to get right down to it and be on our way. So um, I'm going to begin with oh I don't know what's going on what's happening I don't know we keep going in and out but bear with us we're going to read through Proverbs fulfill the commitment talk a little about pray a little bit thank God for his goodness and be out indeed highlight touch how are you so glad that you're here so glad you've come in and if you would just type and tell me what it is Oh, good. I'm so glad you do. It kept going in and out for me, so I just was not sure. Anyway, once again, we're reading from Proverbs chapter 9. And Light Touch, if you wanted to join me as a co-host, you certainly may. And we'll, we will uh, chat a bit about what God is doing and has done for us so far in the book of Proverbs. Uh, it's been so... Um, such a what what is it I don't even know what to say it's been such a blessing and everyone who's come to help out has um really contributed greatly to our understanding at least our discussion about proverbs Uh, wow what a show of course is the podcast outreach we are reaching uh, to to as many as we can reach via this uh, particular platform And our purpose is to exalt the name of the author of the universe and the author of our faith, our Father and our God. Through Jesus Christ, we have access and uh, we are are doing that. Wow, what a show. We also, I mean, as we do that, we laugh together, we talk together, we pray, do some praying together and uh, just want to, you know, fellowship and as at the same time, uh, learn more about our Father and become uh, uh, more like Him. So, our this particular series is reading straight from God's Word, and then we respond to it as um, 
as we are led by the Spirit and those things that grip our own hearts. So here we go. Chapter 9 reads with the subscript, Wisdom's Invitation. Wisdom's Invitation. Wisdom has built her house. She's built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has killed her beast. She has mingled her wine. She has also furnished her table. She has sent forth her maidens. She cries upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wants understanding, she says to him, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish and live, and go in the way of understanding. He that reproves a scorner gets to himself shame, and he that rebukes a wicked man gets himself a blot. Do not reprove a scorner, lest he hate you, and do not, I mean, and rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. If you be wise, you shall be wise for yourself. But if you scorn, you alone shall bear it. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knows nothing. For she sits at the door of her house on a seat in the high places of the city to call passengers who go right on their ways. Whosoever is simple, let him turn in hither. And as for him that wants understanding, she says to him, stolen waters are sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he knows not that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. Now, isn't this something we have uh, read this before in the you know the former chapter, uh, these proverbs uh, uh, bear down heavy on the clamorous woman or the the harlot or the whorish woman or the woman who is uh, I believe also a metaphor for foolish decisions for the call of the evil one, the devil to lure us into sin that leads to death. And so we have to be very careful as we are living our lives and take heed to the warning that is given here because not only is it a metaphor for those things which cause us to walk in the darkness and to inherit a a just recompense for evil, but it is also true, truly, a woman or a man who lures others into sin. They have a prey. They prey on people for the sake of lust or gain. And in so doing, the victim also is led into the trap of death, ultimate death, 
doesn't have to be immediate, though sometimes it is. So we are being warned again, and wisdom is inviting all who hear to come into wisdom, accept wisdom. And um, if you do, there are benefits to it. And she, you know, again, the personified wisdom, this concept, this, this voice of God, really, this instruction of the spirit will guide you away from that which is not going to affirm or provide uh, joy, peace, hope, all that we are looking for as people who live. We really do want to live with happiness and joy. Of course, it's almost impossible to never have any uh, issues in life that are going to you know, cause you to really be a little sad, perhaps. If you if you heed the way of wisdom, if you follow the way of wisdom, then you'll be able to handle these uh, issues and you'll have peace through the, the depths of it, through the darkest moments. Um, and God, God provides that. So wisdom says, come eat of my bread and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding, because if you do, you're going to reap those benefits. And then she warns as well, wisdom warns us not to reprove a scorner because he'll hate you. And if you rebuke a wise man, he will love you. Now, if, you know, if you're gonna reprove someone, that's what the Holy Spirit does. It causes us to recognize the sin in our lives because that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit to reprove the entire world of sin, right? Um, but a, a wise person is, is easy to entreat, even if you say something that is truthful and it kind of is a sting to the person. The wise man or woman wants to know so that they can recognize their lack and their need for a repentance or for change. And so they accept it and and you uh, and they love you for it. So Light Touch writes, an invitation to dine with wisdom is a precious opportunity to hear, to learn, and to possess the gift of life. Oh, well done, amen. That's exactly what it is. That instruction from wisdom leads to life. Because guess what? We know that wisdom is the voice of God. Every word in the, this compiled, uh, you know, all these compilations of scripture here are inspired by God. It is written to us in the book of Timothy that all scripture is the inspiration of God given by inspiration of God and is profitable to us for instruction in righteousness and reproof, in other words, calling you out for uh, your need, you know, if you're, uh, this, your need to repent. Absolutely, it is that way. And so wisdom is the voice of God. And when we hear his voice, we are the benefactors of the righteousness of God, of the peace of God, of the hope of eternal life, of deliverance from sin, in other words, we are given salvation. 
And this, this voice is available to anyone because as I started the show every day, I quote from Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech and night unto night showeth his knowledge, right? There is no place where speech is not heard all over the world, the benefits that God provides and that constant representation, the constant presentation of God is on display for us all to know. And uh, I I just wanted to uh, cross-reference what we're reading here in chapter 9 with Isaiah, the 55th chapter, and I shall read <clears throat> verses 1 through 3, I think it's 3. It is written now, Ho, everyone that thirst, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat and until and, and eat all that is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me here, and your soul shall live. And I will make an, ever, an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. So this is an invitation. And that's what it says back here, that in, the, the, it, wisdom is inviting you to come in. Wisdom is inviting us all to partake of exactly what the Lord gives. And it is free of charge. You don't have to sell yourself. In other words, your principles, your your desire for goodness and, and, and the wonder of a relationship with the Lord and his people. You don't have to give those things up. You inherit indeed when you accept that invitation. You come into the riches and the wealth of life, which include the peace and the joy and salvation and deliverance. It is a beckoning. Jesus Christ himself also gives us the same invitation. Come unto me, all ye that labor. You know, we work real hard at trying to be happy in the world. We work very hard at trying to achieve all the things that we desire. We put a lot of energy in that. I mean, physical energy in the natural. We go to school, we study, we try to get, you know, decent grades. And, and then we come out, we have to have a job and you get up every morning and work all day at somebody else's job like to have the dainties of the world, the temporal things. But the, the invitation here in Isaiah 55 and the invitation that wisdom is giving us, that will satisfy the things that we are laboring so hard to achieve is free and it is gained by accepting the wisdom that is crying out everywhere. So says the book of Proverbs in the marketplace, in the, you know, at the gate, at the entrance of the city, if we lived at such a time, people live in gated communities though, wisdom is crying even at that gate. 
Wisdom is saying you are not protected by you know this this stuff that you you think you're going to keep out um those who would come in to destroy but a gate you know a metal gate that is only so many inches high but even if it were towering to the sky you couldn't keep them out because they're already in there with you you know the prince of the air is satan and he's at you know he, he's a spirit you can't see him and he resides where there is room so in the hearts of men, if there's room for him, he is going to be there. Good evening, Tony and Victorious and uh, someone else came in. Oh, Sister Reams, how lovely. And Michaela or Michella. Um, th that the point is, right, light touch, submission to God's truth is imperative to discern truth from deception. It is the enlightening prompting of the Holy Spirit. You know, I think Light Touch is, is uh, such an R arbiter. She's so deep in her <laughs> response sometimes. That is, that's it. The beckoning of wisdom is the voice of God. The beckoning of wisdom is the Holy Spirit constantly, constantly guiding us and leading us into all truth. All we have to do is, first of all, become acquainted. We have to we have to enter into the the uh, kingdom of God by way of the door. We have to go in through the door and that door is Jesus Christ. Also wisdom now is saying that she's set her table. She's got the bread there, the wine there. Come on, the, you know, the symbolism reminds us of, of no other than Jesus Christ, who is the bread of life. Wisdom says also in the last chapter we read that she talks with you. She walks with you. <clears throat> she is the light that lights the way. And that's what Jesus Christ is. So when we hear, when we receive, when we accept the work that God has done through Jesus Christ, we have entrance into the kingdom where wisdom dwells. You see, he's always there and he's always talking with us and he is guiding and leading us. And if we are guided and led by the Holy Spirit, there is almost a guarantee, well, there is a guarantee that the very things that we seek in the power of our own labor will be satisfied. The invitation, as I started to say, Jesus Christ now invites you, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Labor, working for everything. And if you're like me and have worked a job, you know, and you give so much time and energy so that you can succeed on the job, it gets to be burdensome. It's never easy. And I liked my job. But the constancy of working, always having your mind on the vision of another's, you know, somebody else's or some other companies or that sort of thing, and not being able to kind of move at your own pace gets burdensome. But Jesus says, come unto me and take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. He's not going to be an ogre. He is not going to push you into the depths of what? burdensome living. He is not going to require of you that which he will not infuse you with by his spirit, 
Matthias rebirth to be able to achieve or to live. He says, take my yoke upon you. And then he says, for my yoke is easy. In other words, we are connected. We are, you know, that yoke that goes over the oxen that pulls the burden. He says that yoke is easy and your burden is light. And I always get the picture of the 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 yoking with God being just me walking as if it's, a, you know, it might be over my shoulder, but he's carrying the weight of it. I don't know if you've ever picked up a, a, a very heavy thing with your son or your male, your And, and that's how Jesus Christ is. You're on mute. Am I on mute? I'm not on mute. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Please somebody tell me. Yes. Okie dokie. So take, take the yoke of Jesus Christ and enjoy the, the fact that he pulls the burden and, and we do not. Even though sometimes it feels like we are, you uh, live through the hardship and realize that even though it felt very hard, that God was indeed pulling that yoke for you. And uh, you actually made it through. So by his grace and power, we accept the invitation of wisdom. And if we have not as yet accepted it, then I invite you to do so. Because it's really the truth. You know, um, it's a hard thing to explain a relationship with Christ to someone who doesn't know it. But what gain would I have to tell you what my relationship with the Lord has given me in terms of peace, joy, and hope, deliverance, and guidance? I have no gain in that except to rejoice if you should do the same. So I would not in, in any way try to deceive. I tell you the truth. The call of wisdom, the voice of God, guiding you or inviting you to come into life. Seriously, life. We don't know life until we have given up the stressful, quest for those attributes that we think make for good life. So you may have the car, you may have the house, you may have, you know, the clothes, you may have, I don't know, the jewelry, you may have the vacations, you may have the vac the, the education, you may have titles, you may have all of those things that are counted as, um, you know, success in life. I dare say that if you do have them, for a moment, you will feel like you have arrived in all that you wanted. But it just takes a little bit of time and a little bit more living to discover that hard times come, that disappointments show up, and that 
the void of not knowing Christ enters your heart. And so he comes and he fills those places and he allows you, you don't have to, I mean, he did tell the young rich ruler to give it all up. He might tell me to give it all up too, but if he does, I am better than prepared in my relationship with him to do so. So he doesn't require right the uh for you uh, for us to do what he already did for us and the lord is all about the joy his the joy of the lord so says the word is the strength that we need to live i love it and really and truly this this uh, chapter is very short and it is a repeat of the voice of wisdom saying pretty much what we've heard it say all eight chapters before. Oh yeah, that's why it's imperative that we who profess Christ live an exemplary life that the world can see a difference in how we live. Yes, indeed. Because how we live is different. It really is. (laughs) I read a book and it was titled, the, the title of this book is Different. And I've been really trying to find copies of it because um, the the book just really lays out how different, how different should look on a person who is born again of the spirit of the living God. You may be like an ant, but if you have wisdom and if you understand what it really means, Lions and elephants will be the ones to serve you. (laughs) Wisdom and intelligence is far better than strength. You're right. That's right. Uh, Right? And and to give you, thank you, Tony, that was a really good, good, um, um, uh, uh, not observation. That is a truth. With wisdom, right, you're guided by the one who gives strength, and therefore your strategies will be able to move boulders, even though you probably couldn't even pick up, I don't know, a, a heavy stick or, or a rock, you know, but that's that's what he's saying in, in that um, uh, statement that he's made there. Amen. It's good. And uh, let's see. Yes, I like, <laughs> I like that, Tony. <laughs> right. So, so <clears throat> I guess our pullout for this uh, chapter would be, well, I kind of like the the way this chapter begins. Wisdom has builded her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. It's like um, she has killed her beast. She has mingled her wine. She has also finished, furnished her table. That, That speaks to me that everything that we look for in life Wisdom has already laid it out, and, and and it is wisdom has already been established, right? And um, so, the simple can turn into the place of the, you know, the the idolatry and the quest and the <clears throat> the pleasure. But women, wisdom says, if you come and eat of the herb, the bread that she has laid out and the drink that she has and forsake things that are foolish and live and go in the way of understanding, 
That's what you'll get. That's what you'll get. And no, uh, so yes, I was going down to verses nine and ten to pull them out also, but I wanted to go first to <clears throat> verse seven. Mm, losing that voice. He who reproves a scorner gets to himself shame. Really and truly, if you really, really have ever met a, a vile person, one who scorns uh, the faith in God, they scorn God, they scorn other people, and you try to draw them out of their uh, ways, they will hate you. They will turn on you. And I'm sure we've known people like that. But if you reprove a wise man, he will actually love you. When someone, okay, so this is what I'm saying about it. Practice accepting criticism. That's the best thing that you can receive in life. A little criticism. And a little humility will provide for you so much. We cannot see ourselves. We cannot ensure that we're always making a sound and wise decision because we are fallible creatures. We are not God. And another person who has a little seniority, I will say, in obtaining the wisdom of the Lord, who can discern, may come to you with sound wisdom. If you heed it, you are the better for it. And if you are a wise person, you will love the person who has now instructed you in wisdom. Just think on that one. Just think on that one. Do not forget to entertain wisdom. There is penalty of death. When we choose to ignore her invitation, we wrong our own souls. Absolutely. <clears throat> Thank you. That is, I think, a, a quote, almost a quote from a previous chapter. I can't remember if it was yesterday. or I think it was the day before. <clears throat> I'm, I, I am just, uh, ooh, I don't know why my voice is so uh, weakened, but it is, and, and it's, I'm almost losing it, so I'm going to have to wrap up. But now, uh, absolutely, so that's that's verse 8. Um, and then 9 and 10, as Sister Reams pull out, is give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. Amen. Absolutely. That's just straightforward. Nothing to, to contemplate there. It's telling you, give instruction to a wise man. But now the next question of, for us would be, who is wise? Who is wise? We have to ask the Lord by the Spirit to discern a wise man because they, all people are not wise. And as it said before, if you go in and try to um, um, reprove a scorner, they're going to hate you. Here too, 
is um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. I think this is what Pastor Thomas is trying to drum into our heads. He's beating it with the hammer. God's word, God's word, apply God's word. Use the word of God, apply it to your life. Practice it, live it out and be blessed with how it will bless you. So let's see, what is the scripture? Um, the, the, um, the Lord is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Every word he speaks is truth. So if there is a promise given to us or a direction by the, the word, if you follow it, you can, I used to, you know, my brother used to say, you can take it to the bank. It is going to pay the dividend. Ah, that is so deep. No, no. It will pay the dividend. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You're right. Uh, light touches something else. Do not forget to entertain wisdom. There's a penalty of death. When we choose to ignore her invitation, we wrong our own souls. And that finally, that's, you know, that's how the chapter ends. And once again, I want to remind us that even though, you know, I say that I say there's certain things over and over again because repetition is how we learn. Believe it or not, as much as you don't want to hear it again, we've been to, we, the repetition of, of wisdom and its benefits but also of the lack of it or the one who doesn't heed it, who turns away from it. And that judgment on your life, you're doing it. That's what, what did it say? If you, um, if you are wise, you're wise for yourself. But if you are a scorner, you shall bear the burden alone. Absolutely. There is a recompense. Yeah. Absolutely. There is a recompense. And that's verse 12. If you're wise, in other words, if you hear wisdom, if you follow wisdom and you allow it to take root and grow in you, if you are wise, then the benefits of wisdom are for you. And, you know, have you ever told your children, if you have children, or if you ever tell a friend, it's not for me. It's for you. I'm not doing it for me. I'm do, you're the one who's going to benefit from this. Just like I said, if I tell you that coming to Jesus Christ is going to change your life for the better, what gain do I have? I'm telling you because it's for you, you see. I, I already have the benefit, but you can now have that benefit. That's what that, this verse is saying. If you are wise, you're wise for yourself. It is for you that wisdom is going to bring the joy and the benefit and the relationship that we're questing for, happiness in life, right? Or at least joy in life. But if you scorn it all, if you scorn, if you scoff at it, you walk away and you'll bear the burden all by yourself. And in one book we read, it's a shame the recompense of the scoffer is shame, and you have to live it all alone. 
Because ultimately, that's what sin does. It destroys um, the face. It, 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 it makes you walk and be uh, in shame and hopeless and despondent and without the support of the Lord, which is beyond the support of any other person or or yourself, you can't do some things for yourself, right? So the the uh, of course the, the again, you know, Solomon is kind of stuck on this foolish woman, and it tickles me how descriptive he is of her. It's as if he knows her; he has painted her; he created her himself, but he didn't. See, she is created by her own sins, <laughs> and Solomon might have had many dealings with such a woman. So he is indeed giving great description. Again, I say. Put the man there and see if it doesn't also fit. All right. So a foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and she knows nothing. I could say a foolish man is clamorous, simple, and that knows nothing. For she sits at the door of her house on a seat in the high places of the city to call passengers who go right on their ways. So, um, I kind of think that this might have something to do again with idolatry and she's luring people in. And I, I, I should have done my homework, but but there are some, uh, some worship practices that required uh, a lustful sacrifice, you know, so all this stuff could, could be uh, working together there. But, and, and it is the woman, you know, that would, that do it. They had some, like temple prostitutes, etc. So that, that reference could be that here. Um, however, in the contemporary world in which we live, we know that men are, men do a lot of you know drawing women off of their path of righteousness. They allure them, they entice them through uh, deception and uh, enticements, and many women fall prey. Absolutely. Many women fall prey. And uh, whoever does so, though, if, if we turn into that, if we give into those enticements, then we are on our way to the depths of hell. We are not knowing that dead men go there and death is waiting and also the fall that leads to death is waiting. I think these chapters are so amazing. Uh, the repetition of wisdom and the invitation to get wisdom and the description of what happens when you get wisdom and when you don't accept wisdom is is here, right? And so uh, I believe Solomon knew the woman by his own experience. Yes, that's what we're saying. <laughs> I believe the woman entices the foolish man. Yes, and I, so, so, so you don't know that uh, men are the same, really. You may not know, but I surely do, right? Having lived in New York City and been always, um, you know, um, sort of, aware of the enticements you know many many men when you're young how many um, guys 
or even when you you can be old, really, there are men who still go around lurking for uh, a foolish woman, someone that he can beguile and uh, have his way with and then a cast off. So guys, that's it. You've contributed greatly. Welcome to the gentleman who just came in, Eric Agel. Thank you for coming. Uh, did I miss anyone? Uh, Tony, so always good to see Tony and Light Touch and Sister Reen. And uh, let's see, I thought I saw some other folks, but nonetheless, you are here and you have again uh, con contributed to our discussion in the Proverbs. Don't you? I mean, we are not the same. I say we're not. Oh, wait a minute. We men are the same, I guess. I mean, we are not the same. What do you mean by that? Yes, like the serpent. I like the serpent. I think the serpent was male. <laughs> okay, we could go on. And I bet uh, I bet the man would say, oh, but definitely that serpent was female. You know, who can know? <laughs> Proverbs is written to all men and women alike. Absolutely. The, the point is, though, that both men and women are, 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 can be beguilers, can lead the opposite sex into the enticement and the allurement that means, uh, that leads to uh, destruction. That's the only point I'm making. Definitely, Solomon is writing to his son, and young men, you should take heed. However, as a young woman, I, I take heed as well, well, as an old woman, I take heed. As a young woman, I took heed, yes and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, as I always say, we, we have really dined from a table set by the Lord. And wisdom says she has builded her house, right? She has a fabulous castle, right? Because anywhere, I have a devotional, and that devotional talks about the, um, how does it put it? The Crystal Castle uh, is written by St. Teresa of Avila. And that was the name of the church I grew up in, kind of. And St. Teresa was a nun um, of the cloister. So her life was completely shut off, kind of for that's kind of monk-like these, these uh, nuns lived. And uh, she writes a devotional and her imagery is uh, being, being a guest in the castle, the crystal castle of the Lord. And it's kind of a beautiful picture the way she writes it. I won't read from it and I can't quote it, but nonetheless, that's what wisdom has built, a beautiful house. It is transparent. You can see. It's like a city on a hill. You can see. And earlier, someone's, oh, Reem, Sister Reem says, that's why our lives must be an example of Jesus Christ's life in us. At all times, we endeavor to show the world exactly what God has done in us so that he is again uh, proved by our lives, he's lifted up and he is exalted. So wisdom has done what wisdom does, builds the house. Uh, she uh, hews out the seven pillars, uh, which I guess is the support on which it stands. She's uh, killed her, you know, she's killed the fatted calf. <laughs> There's a party going on and she has mingled her wine. She has also furnished her table. She sent forth her maidens, <clears throat> she cries upon the highest places of the city. And this is the what she cries. Whoever is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that 
wants understanding. She says to him, come, eat of my bread and drink of my wine, which I see is already set. Come, come enjoy and, um, and find life, find life. Now again, the table has been beautifully set. The Lord has given us the, the uh, delicacies, the delicious orchards, so to speak, the great, um, <laughs> uh, you know, concoctions of a fine chef. He alone can do such a thing. Oh, taste and see that the Lord, he truly is good. He truly is good. And so we thank the Lord. Father, I thank you for this meal that you have both prepared and caused us to ingest. I ask God that you would uh, cause it to nourish our very being and that our spirits are strengthened because we have taken in the very nutritious food that you have set for us this night in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask your blessings, Lord God, on all who have entered this uh, studio tonight to hear us read from, again, the book of Proverbs in our series titled Apples of Gold, for you alone definitely speak a word that is fit and you cause us to hear if we desire to know. You impart to us the knowledge. You reveal yourself and, and call us into your kingdom where we dine continuously at your table and fellowship continuously with you and your other children. We're just one of many. We praise you for it in the name of Jesus Christ. And let's see, without the right relationship with our Father, we're all treacherous. Oh my goodness, may God have mercy on us for sure. Proverbs, that was from Sister Reams. Proverbs, it's writer, it's written to all of us. Okay, I read that. All righty, darlings, it's so good that you've come. I really do appreciate it. And remember, we are at a feast. And after we have eaten and had good conversation, we begin to do what? rejoice together and here we go may the lord bless you if you plan to join tomorrow remember it will be at our time eastern standard two o'clock um and uh, hopefully you will be there our reader will be miss sharice jackson johnson so i hope you will come and we'll have another good time discussing god's wonderful word this has been Wow, what a show. Our God on display every day. His power, oh, and his invitation to come and enjoy his fellowship. We love him, don't we? May you have a great day wherever you are in this world. Hallelujah.